everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I do my annual show when I don't completely sound like myself, and it happens once a year, and hello, today is the day. (laughs) Trying to make a joke out of it. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I am, I promise, I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. I would say, do my eyes deceive me? But of course, you know, they're a little bit still coldy. But if I look and I strain and I squint, it actually looks like Avrami's behind the board. And I have not seen Avrami in 101 years. So hello to Avrami. First of all, a mazel tov to Avrami. We are celebrating his 12th anniversary today here, uh, I would say, at the Nachum Siegel Network. Can I say the Nachum Siegel Network? Or just you and Nachum are, are, are sharing your 12th anniversary. Either way, no matter how you want to splice it, um, Mazal Tov to you. Happy anniversary. I'm going to resist the temptation to sing on the air to you, but I do want to wish you a Mazal Tov. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for your continued hard work here and um, um, professionalism and commitment to the craziness here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We truly- That's uh, fun to be part of it all. Well, you know, we bring the party, as I like to say. We bring the party. Yes, it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a hoot around here, but uh, it certainly actually wouldn't function without you, and I thank you very, very much for your hard work. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's not always your pleasure. Come on. Sometimes it's a tough day. Well, no. overall, it's nice <laughs> to know. There's difficult things, yeah, there's whatever, it. but at the same time, you know, out of all the, uh, out of everything that uh, Nahum through his broadcasting and everything is, is accomplishing for the Jewish people, I must have some, like, small piece of that with what I'm doing. So that's a nice feeling. So. Now, um, trust me, I am with you on that. It's exactly how I feel. Avrami, I'm going to dedicate today's fortune cookie to you. I will I will let you know that, that Yoni picked it. So there's there's little hope that it's actually a good fortune or that the numbers will work. But um I, I'm I'm hoping on behalf of both of us that Yoni has picked a good one. So in honor of your anniversary today, here is your fortune. Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Mm. All right, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that worked. Yoni, I don't know what you did this week, but it actually worked. So so uh Nice work. Um, by the way, also, for those of you who are graduates of Midrashat Harova or who are at um, at uh, different yeshivot in Jerusalem, you should just know that tomorrow is Rav Tzvi Ron's birthday, which is a national holiday for the Jewish people, 100%. And I'm sure that as a, as a parent of a, of a child who had the opportunity or a student who had the opportunity to sit in Rev Rohn's class, I can tell you that he too has a wonderful influence um, on, on the Jewish people and the relationship that he builds with his students is, is bar none. So I want to personally wish Rev Rohn a happy birthday. I wish Rev Rohn that alternate side was suspended here in Manhattan as a result, but it seems that you do not have that kind of power. But hey, maybe next year. In terms of today's national holidays, let's go through them. It's National Button Day. I have no idea what that means, but yeah, I I got dressed this morning, so yay, I participated. Um, It's also the Great American Smokeout, which is, we have mentioned before, it's the Thursday before Thanksgiving. It's also Teddy Bear Day. Now, what's interesting about Teddy Bear Day is that the other Teddy Bear Day that is so, that is celebrated nationally annually is on my birthday. Yeah, yeah I so There's not two a, Teddy Bear Days. Who knew? And why there'd be one? I have no idea. And I don't see that there's any coincidence with it being on September 9th. Frankly, it's just weird. Um, I've nothing to do with teddy bears, but maybe deep down I have a love of teddy bears I never knew. 
Um, it's also use less stuff day, which is why Yoni's probably nesting in here and throwing half the stuff out. Sorry, ZK. It's World Pancreatic Cancer Day, which only brings me back to the interview that Nahum did this morning with Professor Halevi from Shari Tzedek. That was an unbelievable interview, knowing of Rummy, it's already up and it's already available. So I, I recommend highly that if you have not heard this morning's interview from um, with uh, Professor Yonatan Halevi, the Director General of Shari Tzedek in Jerusalem, with Nahum this morning on JM the AM. You definitely listen to it, and you certainly should tune in to the live lunch today at 11 o'clock as I go through some of the things that went wrong last night at the Shari Tzedek dinner. Not for, the, not for Shari Tzedek, but for me personally. And it's also World Philosophy Day, and if I went into discussing what that meant, I'd probably fall asleep. That's my connection to philosophy. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. My guest this morning... Um, has joined Nahum on the air before, um, but I have, I, I'm only now have the opportunity, the honor really, to introduce Juan Rein, Ron Weinreich to our guests, he, to our listeners here at That's Life. Ron uh, is a is a former IDF tank commander. He is a wounded war- warrior who suffered a devastating spinal cord injury while leading his men behind enemy lines. He bounced back almost instantly as he fought to rehabilitate his life. He began to conduct leadership work, workshops for IDF cadets, became a renowned musical artist in Israel, and has now arrived in the U.S., bringing his music to the world with a unique and awe-inspiring perspective. He shares his story of resilience, truth, and bold leadership in the face of his circumstances through an extravagant mix of music and storytelling. From his childhood in the U.S. to his diverse and intense military service, Ron recounts his ascent to becoming a commander— his fateful fall from glory, his profound encounter with his own humanity, and his rise above it all. Ron, good morning, and welcome to That's Life. Good morning, good morning. It's so great to be with you. Well, thank you for joining me. I want to make sure everyone knows that for more information about Ron, and I just want to get this out there in the beginning of the interview, even though I'll mention it a couple of times, but I've already had interest from people in the New York area who have heard that he's going to be in town uh, December 1st through the 20th. If you'd like to learn more uh, and contact uh, Ron, you can go to ronweinreich.com. You can also email ML, like the letters M and L, at promisedlandmg.com. You can totally reach them to book Ron while he is here on the East Coast. So, Ron, good morning. And if you're in Los Angeles, where I think you are, I appreciate you waking up and joining us um, before possibly you might otherwise be getting up in the morning. So, no, you, you don't even know. This is a, like a transformation. There are very few things that you get a musician in Los Angeles to wake up at 7 <laughs> in the morning for, you know. Yeah, I, I hear that. We joke that um, by 10 o'clock in the morning for us, because Nahum and I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, that it's really lunchtime for us. So between you and us, we could probably get together over a meal, but I don't know when it would probably. be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ron, I wish you would take us back, you know, to be the beginning of your story. Tell us a little bit more about your service in the IDF. Well, you know, I was I was born in Israel when I was a year. I came over to the United States with my parents, and then I lived here totally. Grew up here, totally American childhood till I was fifteen, and then I went. That's more, that's why my English sounds the way it does, and I don't have the famous Israeli accent <laughs> everybody knows. And um, and then when I was 15, I went back to Israel, graduated from high school, and um, uh, and I went to the military like everyone does. Um, and I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I knew it was going to be cool. I was really gung-ho. I knew that I wanted to make a huge difference um, 
for, you know, for the nation, for Israel. I knew that I wanted to be a stand for the Jewish people and for, you know, my people, my country. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but tanks seemed like it was something that would be cool. So I found myself in the, uh, in the tank corps, in the 401st uh, Division of the uh, Israeli Armor Corps, and sooner than later, I became a tank commander of a Merkava Mark IV, which I don't know if uh, people know this, but Israel has the best tank in the world, the most powerful and technologically advanced tank in the world that is exclusive to Israel. We have it. Um, and it's a uh, homemade. Uh, and I found myself at the helm of this incredible machine. Um, truly, truly, you know, there's no other ways, to, uh, other words to put it, but besides getting trained and developed at a really young age, I was only, uh, you know, 20 years old and had more responsibility and more power in my hands than I think 99% of the 20-year-olds on the face of the planet. Um, and when the Le Second Lebanon War broke out, I really, you know, I, I really had the opportunity to finally put what we've been practicing all the time into play. It was a real call to action, a call to the flag. And it was, um, I have to say, to tell you the truth, it was probably one of the most glorious times of my life during that war. Even with the, you know, the, the, the difficulty and the lack of sleep and all, you know, all those circumstances, it was really an incredible, incredible time because, because you know, not every day that you get to just in, in, in the fold of life and death really stand up for something, stand up mm. for your flag, stand up for your people. And um, in Lebanon, that came to a very abrupt end, a very, very sudden and abrupt end um, with my injury. Mm. And I went from being a big, you know, hotshot tank commander leading my men in battle to being a uh, sack of broken bones with no clue what the future is going to look like, uh, dependent on on others, um, a broken body, a broken uh, soul in some regard. Um, and I spent about half a year of my life in a hospital, yeah. had to learn how to put my clothes on, how to take a shower, how to go to the bathroom, how to speak with people. And it was, uh, it was a really crazy time. You know, there are plenty of people who have suffered traumatic injury like you have, who haven't recovered and who are, are still, and of course this is not being judgmental, but of course are still in their point um, of, of, darkness, so to speak, and have not been able to lift themselves up. And we would call that, um, you know, you could call that a bunch of different things. In, in sports, there are, there are athletes who have what we call career-ending injuries. Um, and it sounds like you could have suffered that, but you re-envisioned your career. And instead of being in a situation where you cannot get out of that spot, you instead have turned into this unbelievable artist with a com compelling story and creative and wonderful music. Yes. Yeah. And, well, thank you for that. And, um, and you know, at, at the end of the day, what really made the difference, and I, I, I truly, I thank God for this, because I don't, you know, when someone says, how did I, I was extremely depressed for I'd say two months, like extreme, like extremely depressed. I, I'm telling you, I was in a hospital. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put, there was no reason to even put clothes on in the morning because I kind of lost, mm. kind of lost my humanity from all the doctors coming in and checking. It's like, it's like, who cares anymore? Right. You know, this is, it's, 
it all stinks anyway from the second I get up to the set, so who cares? And I was really just completely resigned about life and depressed. And then at some point, I guess by the grace of God, I had at least um, some kind of epiphany or this thought came into my head, which was simply, how much longer are you going to do this, man? Mm. Like, like um, what's, what's your life actually for? Just was it, what is it for? And did you come to that well, moment? Did you come to that moment on your own, or was there someone who looked at you? You know, there's there's an expression. Or, I mean, there's a there's a there's an expression in Hebrew, "Dalif neimiata omed," and sometimes I refer to that as the no in front of whom you are standing moment when all of a sudden you have your come up and somebody smacks you across the face and says enough, like you realize where you're standing. So, did you have somebody who put you in that spot, or you yourself had your own moment? You know, it, it's uh, it's um there there was there was one moment even before I answer that I'll I'll, I'll just tell you what led up to that. But there there was a moment where where I I had it for myself. I there was one time where I was rolled into the shower for the first time, weeks after my injury, and as they rolled me into the shower. And it was the first time that they took me off my bed. They rolled me in with a stretcher, and there was a little spotlight in the top of the shower. And around the spotlight, light fixture, there was a chrome ring. And I saw myself for the first time in the reflection of the chrome ring. And what I saw was something that, like a human being that looked like a corpse. Oh. A white, skinny, you know, b- hip bones sticking out, one leg here, one leg there. And I was just, it was as if someone punched me in the chest. And I thought, oh my God, I cannot believe that that's me. That like, there's no way that that's me. And in that moment, I decided for myself, you know, I, I realized that, oh my God, you're, you're useless now. You're broken. Like you're a broken human being. You used to be this big hotshot, but you're not anymore. Mm. And that, and, and that was a, that was a life altering moment for me. And a few weeks later, that that prompted depression after. And then during the depression, you know, when there was nothing that anybody said of how how much longer you're going to do this. But there was one day when I got really, really depressed and I was I actually started uh, crying. I cried like a little girl under a sheet in my hospital room. Thank God I was in a hospital room by myself. But um, that that, there was a moment I thought about my friends who had, who had, who had been killed. I thought about what am I going to do with my life? The the fear of the unknown, the fear of what it's going to be like. um, Am I ever going to be, am I ever going to have a girlfriend? Am I ever going to have a job? Am I ever, all these things just kind of collided together and a nurse opened the door and walked into the room. And I was so embarrassed that she caught me, you know, caught the, the big, the the famous warrior. Mm. She caught him with his pants down. You know, and right. it was like I say that figuratively, of course. And, right. <laughs> um, and I was like, I was just so embarrassed that when when she left the room, I was just like, this, this I can't. You know, what is this is. I was just embarrassed. Is this really what you came to? Is this really what your life is about right now? Wow. And the answer was absolutely not. And I decided in that moment that this is going to be the lowest point in my life. Like I'm declaring this moment as the lowest point of my life, and and ain't nothing gonna stop me now. Wow. And um, and did that prompt uh, did that prompt many questions? Of course it did. Did I think that? So I'm I've been a musician my whole life, though an amateur, and and but I said you know what? 
what what my life is going to be for is I'm I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm. Why? Because I can. That's it. Because I can. Like why not? Um and uh and and that's how I got back into music. My friends brought me a keyboard and a laptop. I started recording music and I didn't even know, didn't even realize how important that was as part of my healing process at the time. That's incredible. And um yeah. That's incredible. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel no- Network. Ron Weinreich joins us on the program. He woke up early for us in Los Angeles to be able to speak to our vast global audience. You can find out more information about him at ronweinreich.com. You can also email um, his management company, it seems, ml at promisedlandmg.com. He'll be coming to the New York area December 1st through 20th. I assume that you're not completely booked yet, um, by looking at um, just the information that I have. So there is some availability if people still want to book you to come to either their communities or their schools, et cetera, to tell and share your story of inspiration. Yeah. I, well, yes. And I would, I would love to share. First of all, you know, before I even, I, I, before I even share my story and all that, which, is, which I'm, I'm more than happy to share, I want to come and, and give people... What, what you know? What God gave me is the gift of music. I can't take any credit for it. I was <laughs> born with it. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, I, I I think it comes from my mother's side. So I'm going to give her the credit. For it. <laughs> Mothers um, don't get credit, so give her the credit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She she gets all the credit. And um, what I want to do first and foremost is just to come out there and not to be a talking head. I don't believe in talking heads. And um, there, what what I truly came out here to the United States to do um, was to really touch and move and inspire people. But by reading between the lines, you know, there's something about there's something about music that that connects us to the source, mm-hmm. bypasses all the intellectual, it bypasses the brain. We just it goes straight to the heart, and um, and that's what you know. I write about my life. I write about God. I write I write about the, the the fact that at the end of the day with you know after every all is said and done i'm just another human being like everybody else and to tell you the truth i i i i don't know what the heck i'm doing just as much as the next person mm. and um and there's something very freeing about that <laughs> i would <laughs> very free, i would right? imagine you know there's that humility and there's also that that realization that we're we're really not in control we can and once you sort of succumb to the fact that you're not in control you can live with a certain amount of freedom you you take responsibility for your actions and you you're you're a responsible human being and you live responsibly but at the end of the day <laughs> you know there is there is someone else so to speak who is in control. You know, I ask you a question. I'm going to just interrupt that train of thought for a second just because I'm, I'm looking at your poster right now and it in itself is very inspiring seeing you on stage and seeing you in fatigues, etc., different stages of your life. And then I'm looking at your at your headshot and this might be a really strange question, but do you wear your dog tags all the time? I almost, I wear my dog tags almost all the time. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I, t- I take them... Uh... I take them with me a lot, and I have I made one one dog tag that uh, one of the reasons why I wear them all the time is because I you know dog tags we usually wear them in pairs, mm, and right. um, and I had uh, I, I had the the military make one for me that actually says uh, the Shema Israel on one of them. Wow! And um, you know it's actually it's a great story. Just last week, I met a young guy at an event, and. Um, 
and he didn't know who I was. It was completely random at an event. And I start talking with this with someone else, and this guy says, hey, did you used to be a tank commander? Huh. And I say, yes, I, I did. I was. And he says, is your name Ron? I say, yeah. <laughs> he says, hi, my name's he says, I'm Sean. And uh, do you know my mom? And I say, what's her name? He says her name. I say, hey, of course I know your mom. And then it reminded me that about three years ago, I was at an event at a little fundraiser for uh, for soldiers during, I think it was during one of, uh, during Tsukaitan, one of the operations in Gaza. And I went to, there was a mother of a lone soldier that was speaking there, and she was so emotional, um, and she was so, you know, she was really worried about her son. She said, I have a son in the military, in the IDF right now, I'm just scared to death. And after she finished speaking, I came up to her, and I, I took off my dog tags, and I told her, what are you going to see your son? She said, in a month. I said, great. So when you go see her, give her, give, give him, give your son these dog tags. And I gave her the Shema Yisrael dog tag mm. uh, as a gift. And um, and so three three years later, in Los Angeles, out of nowhere, the guy that I'm sent, sitting in front of, he says, he says, I'm Sean. I'm her son. Oh my gosh. And I've been, I've had my, do- I've had your dog tags around my neck oh. for the last three years in my service. I just finished the IDF, and and he he had, he had goosebumps. He had chills. He had tears in his eyes. He says, so do you know, I. Every time right? before we went out to an operation, I used to hold those dog tags in my hand, oh. and I'd kiss them, and I'd say the Shmaisel. <laughs> I have tears, and I have goosebumps, and I have the chills, and I'm sitting here in a studio. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. It just it just speaks to the power of of not only, you know, what you appreciate, you as as somebody who has brought himself back, the appreciation that you can get from from the kindness that others bestow upon you, but also how, you know, we we really function as as a unit. We function as a people. And so when you're taking the time to care about someone else, whether it's through that you know, the giving of the dog tags or through you sharing your story with other people, either as a source of inspiration or just as, you know, uh, you know, continuing, continuing the legacy and, and the importance of serving and et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's, there's just so much to all of this to be proud of. Yes, d- definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, an- another thing, by the way, that I wanted to say is we're talking a lot about me and, and, um, which which I have a big mouth, so I love to do that. But um, the at the end of the day, I just wanted to invite the listeners, whoever's listening. You can also I, I'd love you to hear some of the music. So if you'd like to, if you'd like to, the the uh, the website there's a there's a website that specifically has my music on it, and it's uh it's Ronnie W dot com R O N N Y W dot com, and um and R O N N Y W dot com. And I, if there's anyone who's interested in going out and online and hearing some of the music, getting a taste of it, I would more than love it. What I do is like this, it's like a soul hybrid. It's a soul pop and soul rock, but it's, it, it's grounded around soul. It's a lot of fun. And I would love, you know, for everyone to check it out and you can leave your feedback on your website. You can share it with your friends. And um, I'm really excited because I'm working currently on a new record. Mm. Um, it's going to be actually my debut record as a solo artist. And I am uh, I'm giving my word and my promise that I'm going to submit it to the Recording Academy, aka the Grammys, by before September of 2018. Wow! For their consideration, 
And this is like this has been something that I've been working on for a while. I've been scared to death about it because <laughs> I'm really committed to making. You can put me in front of terrorists, no problem. But as soon as I need to ask help from people, big problem. That's my that's that's the hardest thing for me in my life. But I'm uh, I'm really committed to making a musical masterpiece that that touches wow. people to the core. Wow, like a work of art. And um, and that takes you know it takes something it takes something today it takes you know studios and producers and the best musicians and that's what I'm really committed to in my life and um, and uh, and that that's going to be th- this is like my job so in January I'm actually what I told you I'm scared to death about I'm doing one of those Kickstarter campaigns a ah, crowdfunding campaign okay. starting in January and um, so I'm going to be launching that January so I'm first of all. Keep an eye out for it because in January you're going to see it, and um, uh, yeah. So I'd like, I'd love everybody to go to the website, check out the music. If you want to make any kind of like, uh, if you want to make any kind of contribution to the record, I would love it, well, and I will be more than happy to send you a copy of the record once it's once it's complete. Well, actually, we were going to close today with your tribute to Jerusalem, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal track and something that. Um, we figured was a great taste for our listeners as to just, you know, where your music comes from and, and your sound in general. Mm, thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Ron Weinreich, again, he is available at ronweinreich.com. Coming to the New York area December 1st through 20th. Further questions and inquiries, you can email ML, those are two initials, ML at promisedlandmg.com. We'll be sharing the interview later uh, via social media. Ron, I'll make sure to tag you. I wish you continued Hatzlacha and a tremendous amount of strength. You really are an inspiration. I look forward to seeing you, please God, in December here in the New York area. Thank you. God bless you. God bless. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I mean, Avrami, you you did a great job, and thank you for picking that track. Good move, and um, you got to feel inspired, right? You got to feel inspired. I know, I know. We have a full afternoon of programming for you here right after that's life. It's a live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel on the Nachum Siegel Network. Afternoon continues with a full afternoon of programming at one p.m. We have Throwback Thursday with a with a JM and the AM featuring Avram Fried live in studio, and then of course at four p.m. We have an encore of um, JM Rewinds, correct, that features two wonderful interviews, one with Zoli Honig um, of Wavecar that was featured on Shark Tank, as well as Yitzi Bold with his preview of the New York Boys, Boys Choir newest release. And then at 7 o'clock, it's the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem. That show, of course, is encored tomorrow morning after the conclusion of Naomi's Table for Two. That was uh, recorded this week at Kosher Fest. That was a crazy, amazing show. Kudos to Naomi uh, for sure on an unbelievable production. Of course, to ZK and Yoni who helped out with that helped as an understatement. That was like combat broadcasting. Yeah, that was nuts. That was nuts. When you have a whole bunch of people who are vying for samples on a table, food samples on the table, and you're just trying to do a show. You know exactly. You gotta have you gotta have sharp elbows. And of course, Malcolm hosts JM in the AM tomorrow morning from six to nine AM. Malcolm Holmline scheduled with the weekly update at seven forty in the morning. Let's say Shabbos this Saturday night. Avrami starts at nine PM. Matzah hosts JM Sunday as he has been seamlessly since its inception this Sunday at seven AM. And as I mentioned before, we will close with Ron Weinreichs, a tribute to Jerusalem. I also just want to mention and give a Mazel Tov to Yitzchak Saflis, who celebrated. 
the 25th anniversary of Bottom Line Marketing Group. Safless is not only, I should say Yitzchak, is not only a friend, but in many ways he is a mentor, and I wish him tremendous Hatzlacha and continued Hatzlacha at uh, Bottom Line Marketing Group. Anyway, again, Ron Weinrocks, a tribute to Jerusalem. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. The wind is sighing among the whispering pines As evening light is slowly dying A lonely bell still chimes So many songs, so many stories The stony hills recall Around her heart my city carries a lonely Jerusalem, all of gold, Jerusalem of bronze and light. Within my heart, I shall treasure your song, your sight. Jerusalem, shall have, shall My heart will sing your songs of glory, Jerusalem. Thank you.